Hey, this is Matt McCool here, one of the lead pastors at Takeover Church, and we are so excited that you are listening to this message today. We hope it encourages you. We hope it blesses you. We hope it challenges you to continue on in this journey of faith of following Jesus. And we want to let you know we also have services every single Sunday at 5 p.m., complete with Takeover Kids and a free cafe. It's a good time. We want to invite you and your friends and your family all on out on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Thanks again for listening to this message. Hope you have a great day. Excited to be in church tonight. Come on. No, no, no. I don't think you understand. You literally could have been anywhere else, and you prioritized being here in the house of God for this worship set, for this message, for this night, for freedom. Come on. Man, whom the sun sets free is what? Free indeed. Come on, man. There's no better place to find freedom than in the house of God. But tonight, tonight we are kicking off a brand new. I don't know if I want to call it a series. I don't really know. Let me wet my whistle real quick. Listen here, Pastor Adrian. You need to learn some submission. Um, I'm just, just kidding. Just kidding. About to preach out Ephesians 5 in a minute. Anyways, um, just kidding. But uh, my wife is awesome and can probably beat me in arm wrestling. So, anyways, um, yeah, she's cool. So, uh, I don't know if I want to call it a series simply because I don't know how long it's going to go for. I don't know. I think I think Vision Sunday is going to be really, um, it's going to be very prevalent in this series. It's going to tie in because if I'm being honest, we just finished a series called Canceled. Anybody love Canceled? Come on. We went hard for five weeks, and I couldn't shake this thought. I couldn't shake this series. I felt like we got out of Cancelled. If you don't know, Cancelled was a series where we were basically having a biblical commentary um, and a biblical application to the church in 2019 for the world is all about canceling people where they empower your past to cancel your future, but God actually cancels your past and empowers your future through the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? Come on, and and so for me, I, I got out of that series, and I was just shook by this thought, and I just couldn't seem to, to pass it on, and what God was really showing me was that, man, it's one level, I wasn't going to go here yet, but it's one level to to really take on what Jesus said and to believe him and believe that he went to the cross for your life and is your salvation is redeeming your here and your now and your later. It's one moment to, to take that step with Jesus there. It's a whole nother level to actually go... Wow, there's something available for me here. I took that step with Jesus. I began to follow Jesus with everything I am, and there's actually a new level available to me. There's a new reality available to me. Suddenly, I actually can have hope, and I can pull on to things that I cannot see. I can believe God for greater things. Suddenly, when I enter a room, things have to change simply because I am there. And it got me shook where I was like, did we get to a place where we finally believed that God can truly cancel our past. He can eradicate it. No matter who, who or what or how many times somebody wants to hold it against you, if God of eternity has blotted it out, it does not, it no longer is held against you. Amen? And so if we can believe that and we can get to this place where we can believe that there are things in our lives, our past and our history, and we can believe that those things are canceled and dead, 
But maybe it's time for us as a church and as a body of believers to stand up and to rise up and to believe that we aren't here simply to exist or be set free from our chains, but we are chain breakers ourselves. Amen. That we actually have authority given to us by God. We're going to get to the word in a minute to change this place here and now. The only way in Grand Rapids as in heaven happens is when you and I bring heaven to Grand Rapids. Amen. So tonight we're kicking off Dominion, and if you're taking notes, where's my note takers at? Come on. Tell the truth and shame the devil. I love it. If you're taking notes tonight, tell of my message is this. Y'all ready? It is this. Dominion, week one, you're stuck with me. You're stuck with me. And you could also subtitle this message, parentheses, you could subtitle it, test it. Somebody say test it. Would you just turn and tell your neighbor right now that you are stuck with me? Would you just turn and tell your other neighbor that you clearly didn't choose the first time and let them know I ain't going nowhere? <laughs> just because I didn't choose you first don't mean I won't go nowhere. It's good. All right. Well, tonight we are coming out of 1 John 4, 1 through 6. Here we go. Y'all ready for the Bible? Come on. Beloved. I wish we still talked like that. Don't you? It's all good, guys. I got it. You said it. No worries. Okay. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and is from God, every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God, this is the spirit of the Antichrist. <laughs> Getting for real. It's the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Verse 4. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Come on. Verse 5. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Somebody's got to get that tonight. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Y'all mind if we pray? Cool. Father God, we just thank you so much for tonight. God, we ask that right now in this moment you would take full, what we're preaching on tonight, you would take full dominion and authority right now in this auditorium. Any distractions, we say you're silent. Anything that would dare pop into our head that would be contrary to the word of God, we say, little devil, little demon, whatever you are, you've got no place here. We are here for truth, and we're sick of your lies. And right now, we just pour over this place a fresh anointing, and we say, Holy Spirit, come and have your way in and through our lives. Right now, if you're under the sound of my voice, your complete attention is given to God in this moment, not to the neighbor on your left, not to the neighbor on your right, but Holy Spirit, we give you our complete attention. In Jesus, my name, Faithful Church said, amen. Come on. If you guys love Jesus, would you just make some noise to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Come on. So I've got to keep it a buck with you guys. I've got to keep it above, above board here. Man, I'm really scared to preach this message. <laughs> I'm scared because it's kind of what I said in the beginning was there's levels to this thing. Somebody say there's levels to this thing. There's levels to this thing. 
There's that intro season where you meet God and you feel unstoppable because you met the creator of the universe, the immovable object. He will push anything that comes against you out of the way. You meet him and you feel absolutely unstoppable, right? You're in a season where you just think that you can tell anything to anybody and they either got to hear you out, believe it, take it to heart, or they got to get out your face. Like, there's a moment when you first meet Jesus where you are head over heels in love with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and there is nothing that you wouldn't believe, and there's no place that you wouldn't go, and you're there. It's called the honeymoon season. If you're married in the place, you understand that reference. And then from there, it comes into actually doing life with Jesus, actually doing life in the church, actually doing life with fellow believers alongside you, spurring you on, as Hebrew says, towards good works. And that gets hard. And that gets messy. And suddenly we're hearing messages like canceled where we're bringing up our past and we're talking about how in secret and in private we're still outliving these things. But God's saying for your public ministry, for your public life, for your promotion, if you want to go further, these things have to stay dead. And then we get to that place where we say, yeah, Lord, I met you at the cross, but when I left the cross... I didn't take up my new programming and my new nature. I didn't leave it behind. Unfortunately, I walked and I carried what I arrived with back with me. And all of a sudden, we get this revelation that it's actually possible. We got way too many churches in 2019. We talked about supplementing our faith last week. We got way too many churches in 2019 that are all about supplementing your problems and nursing where you're at instead of telling us that God actually has more for us. I'm not saying giving us straight truth medicine. I'm saying building us up to a place that we can go, you know what, I don't need the codependency on whatever it is anymore. I don't need to codepend on pornography to get through my week. I don't need to codepend on the bottle to get through the week. I don't need to codepend with my side piece to get through my marriage. And we get to that place and we actually start to believe the word of God and we take it for what it is and we run the race set before us. But then there's another level to this. And if we're going to go into this new season, this new location, and we're going to make new and take new ground for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords here in Grand Rapids, here and now, if we're going to do that, then i got to have a church of believers alongside me, and I'm preaching to myself right now, believe it, i got to have some brothers and sisters alongside me that are going to believe God for great things. i got to have some brothers and sisters alongside me that are going to say, you know what, it's not okay for these things to go on. I have authority, and I have dominion, and where I go, if the Holy Spirit is on the inside of me, there he goes too. Man, we just got to be a church. It's my plea as we go through this series. It is my plea that we would get this revelation on the inside of us. That when a supernatural God interacts with a natural man or natural woman, and he puts his spirit in them, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the grave and now lives in you, that when you pass through a threshold, everything changes. That you have the power on the inside of you simply by walking in the door to lift some people's heads, to give some people some rest. That where you go, you are a gospel delivery service, and people are better because you're there. Amen? Am I preaching to anybody tonight? So then in 2019, it's easy to look around. 
and I talk and I meet loads of Christians who we will, comp- we will confess with our lips, but I'm not so certain that we believe it all with our hearts because I meet a lot of Christians who are feeling defeated, who are living defeated lives, who are living in trepidation, who are nervous, who are scared. I get asked all the time. I was just asked at Madcap the other day. They sat me down. I was surprised they knew I was a pastor, and they were like, how? And I was like, what do you mean, girl? And they were like, how? How do we continue to believe? How do we continue to go? How do we continue to be the church and thrive in this world? How do we do this when there's mass shootings and there's bombings and there's natural disasters and the culture saying this and the world is saying that? How do we continue on? How do I be a light in my workplace? And I'm like, that's a lot of questions. <laughs> And I'm not going to tell you our entire conversation, but one, I felt very privileged that they would think enough of me and trust me enough to ask me that question. But my question to those questions is this. How in the world in 2019 did the church get defensive when we have no defensive team? If this was a game and souls were up on a scoreboard, friends, we do not go backwards. We do not back down. We do not stop field goals, friends. We don't protect the goal. None of those things. The church has no back piece to its armor. We only march forward. And so when I hear how can the church this, I want to ask, why doesn't the world start asking, why is that? Or how is that? You're asking us, how do we continue to move forward? But we should be asking the world, how can you move forward? We are the church, are we not? That used to mean something. It used to be a body to be reckoned with by the halls of hell. The church used to walk in all power, authority, and dominion, and we didn't look to the left, and we didn't look to the right. And I know in those time periods that I'm referencing, we got a lot of things wrong, but we're here now. We have better understanding now. We have the Holy Spirit. And so I'm asking that we would have the same boldness, that we wouldn't ask the question, how do we move forward? How do we move forward? in the presence of the world, but the world would ask, how do we move forward in the presence of the church? We are the church, aren't we? In all the conversations, people want to know where the church belongs in that. I'll tell you where the church belongs, how the church fits in in 2019, how we dare believe an archaic book with infinite power to light a lamp onto our path and guide us where to go and remind us of the voice of God. How we believe that is this. We didn't put the church in its place. Jesus did. What's your place in 2019? How are you relevant in 2019? I'm going to tell you how we're relevant. We are still a city on a hill. We are still a lamp on a pole. We are still called to shine a light in the darkness. What is the church's role? The church's role is to shine a light in the darkness. Not to, not to expose, to bring into judgment, but to expose and bring it into light. Not to expose and bring it into guilt and shame and condemnation, but to expose and pull it into life. 
But church, if we, if we believe what Jesus said, if we believe what the Bible is, if we believe these things, if we don't just show up for some Holy Spirit goosebumps, but we leave with some conviction, then we are going to know, and we're going to be certain, and we're going to walk in all power and authority given to us by heaven, and people are going to take notice, and your life is going to change. What happens when we actually decide that we're going to believe in this Jesus that we confess? What happens when our heart is so full of Jesus that there's no other argument, that there's no other thing on the inside of us that can pull us away from him? Some of us tonight, you thought when I said the title of my message is you are stuck with me. You thought that was a message on community. No, no, no. Friends, tonight this is a message on dominion. This is a message on authority. Maybe you didn't know it, but you're not called to simply exist in this world. You are called to thrive in this world. And if you're going to thrive, it means you're going to march forward. It doesn't mean that you back down or take a knee to culture, the world, the devil, the enemy, your friends, your family, or nobody. It means you march forward with compassion, with conviction, with God at the helm of everything that you do, telling you you can still move forward. This is the church. We live in a time and place. It's funny, Rusty referenced it earlier, and Scott said something too, and I'm sitting here going, I don't even need to preach, it's already been said. That's just the Holy Spirit being awesome. But we're in a time and a place, and it's not bad because the Bible says this too, but we've just kind of put it in the wrong order. The Bible says God is love, but we live in a place in 2019 where we want to make love God. We want to make the thought of love God. We want to make the idea of love God so that we start allowing this emotional idea, this construct of feeling to decide how we move when it's God that decides what love is. It's God that decides what motivates us. It's God that decides how we march on and how we go forward, what we do and what we don't do. We're in a time in a place where we've allowed other things to have authority and dominion when God says, I have given you all authority and dominion, and we're going to get to that. So one of the big questions I have for us tonight is friends, is family, do you live in such a way, do I live in such a way outside of these four walls where my circumstances where I have circumstances, or do circumstances have me? Do my situations have me, or do I have situations? Are we in a place where we can look at sickness invading our body and say what it is? People are saying, no, 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 I'm sick. No, 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 sickness doesn't have you. You have a sickness. And I believe it's when we get that change, when we get that view, when we decide who owns who in this situation. Does cancer own you, or do you have cancer at the moment? Because if you do, you also have hope, you also have authority, you also have the word of God. You've got everything on the inside of you to put cancer in its place. It doesn't have you. But we decide that. And so my question tonight is greater is it greater that's he on the inside of you, or is greater he that's in the world? Is greater he that's inside of you, on the inside of you, or is greater he that's around you? Is he that surrounds you greater, or is it he that's on the inside of you that's greater? Is it the cancer that's greater, or is it the you that's greater? What is greater? Because here we do, we just saw 
what John says, the same guy who wrote uh, the Gospel of John, he's awesome. He says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. Talking about the Antichrist again, the spirit of the Antichrist. He's saying, little children, you are from God, for he who is greater in you is greater than he that is in the world. I'm going to say it again. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Come on, church. What would your life look like? If we actually began to get this resolve on the inside of us, we got this revelation on the inside of us where we decided that the fire that burns on the inside of us, he that is greater in the flames with us than he that is on the outside starting the fire around you, amen? What would our lives look like? What would our marriages look like? What, what would your family look like? If you just decided to usurp our authority as the Christian, as the believer, as the Jesus follower in it, and you just took authority for the sickness that came to your household. What happens if you just got down on your hands and your knees and you began to pray? What if you kept checking back and unrelenting until healing came to your place, into your home, into your place, and into your person? What if we decided to get down and we decided to listen to some worship music and say, we're not moving another muscle. I know it sounds impractical because we have lives, we have things to go, but what if we just clicked pause real quick and we said, we're not moving forward until this thing goes? What would our workplaces look like? If we decide, no, 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 spirit of gossip, not today. I work here. This is my hospital. This is my ranch. This is my gym. This is wherever else you occupy. This is your Lululemon, Josh. This is where I work. And we're not going to have a spirit of gossip here. We're not going to have a spirit of Jezebel here. Old school, I know. But we're not going to have these things here. No, 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 because I'm here. And where I come, light goes. Darkness has to flee. When I get to work, when I clock in, no, 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 no. That thing is shut down. We're not going to gossip about so-and-so. We're not going to talk about what they may or may not have gotten into. No, no, no. Today, we're here to work. Today, this is going to be an uplifting place. You're not going to come here to get beat down at your consignment shop or wherever it is that you work or like Nikki in the back being a boss at the hardware, hardware store down here. What if we just decided that when we clocked in, the enemy had to clock out? I'm not preaching anybody tonight. Is this good news for anybody tonight? I want to see a church that as we move into this next season, we get this conviction that says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in culture. We talked about it last week. We said the church just is the body of Christ, and it has this ability to be the nail that just won't get beaten down. To be that thing that just sticks out. That the darker the world gets, the brighter we're going to shine. And you know what? That comes with a lot of responsibility. Because the darker it gets out there, the brighter we are going to shine. But what are you doing with your shine? What are you doing with that responsibility? If you're a lamp on a post bright for all to see, what are they seeing when they look at you? Because you're shining. You have the power of Christ on the inside of you. You have these things on the inside of you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So when they're looking at you and they're seeing your life and they're seeing your struggles, what are they seeing? Because I know when they look at me, they don't always see that. I know that for me, I, I, wanna, I want somebody to look at me and, and when my marriage is going through, I want them to see that I'm, I'm bending my knee to my wife and I'm saying, yep. We're going to get through this thing. We're going to go to Jesus. We're going to pray. We're going to turn off the television. I want to be that kind of man. 
that when sickness comes to my home, Adrian and I, we just take authority from that. We don't get scared and we don't start Googling WebMD. Instead, we open up the word and we say, Isaiah 53, 5, that by his stripes we are healed. And that's what we decide to lean on. That's what we decide to plead over our lives. That's what the banner that we wave over, not fear, not worry, not trepidation, not doubt. What would our lives look like? That when the unforeseen comes to your home and knocks, you just take authority. You take dominion. You march in the certainty that is the word of God, and you don't leave a single room for doubt to breathe. What would it look like? I believe in a church that's mighty. I believe in Jesus followers that are mighty. This isn't just for pastors. This isn't just for worship leaders. This isn't just for people who serve. This is for everybody. This is for everyone who would say that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You don't have to bow. You don't have to bend. And you certainly don't have to break. Amen? What if I told you that sickness doesn't decide what you are? At some point, we have to decide if we're going to be a slave or we're going to be a son. At some point, we have to take a stand and we have to decide if we're going to be a slave or we're going to be a daughter. At some point, we have to take a stand and we have to decide if we're in bondage or we're not. Does this thing have me or do I have it? Is this thing going to allow my walk to deeter and to change and to be here and to be there and be ways that God doesn't say it's best for my life? Or am I going to decide that through this I'm going to march on? I don't care if it's fire. I don't care if it's sickness. I don't care if it's a storm. I don't care if it's destruction. I don't care what it is around me. I'm going to walk forward and I'm going to march on. And my confession is going to be in the Lord and of God, not in the world and of culture. Not in the world and of doubt. At some point, we have to decide if we are going to be a slave or we are going to be a daughter. If we're going to be a son or we're going to be a slave. Your sickness doesn't have the right to define you, and it certainly doesn't have the right to put you back in chains. It has no right to be in your life, period. And it starts and it ends and it begins to die and shrivel up when you decide that you're going to stand up to it. Because the word of God still speaks a greater truth than hospice. The word of God still speaks a greater truth than your doctor. They're all great. We love medicine. We're all here for it. In between Jesus and your healing, they are great. They are an asset. They are here, and they are awesome, and I would encourage you to go and find out about it. But it still has to bow, and it still has to take a knee, and it still has to leave in the name of Jesus and spoken over it. Amen? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. What would it look like when you decide to allow God to decide what you believe instead of your emotions? What would it look like in your life when you decide to let God decide what you believe instead of the world because it's louder? What would it look like in your life, for your marriage, for your home, when you decide who has greater real estate in your life. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Maybe we need to pump the brakes real quick on our life and decide who has more real estate on the inside of us. 
I love West Michigan. West Michigan's awesome. I love the Midwest. It's great. I love it. But here, people are so concerned with practical application for your lives. Pastor, give me something practical. How do I move forward? Give me something for my day-to-day, for my Wednesdays, for my Fridays, for my Saturdays. Give me something practical, and I think that's great. We hit practicality last week. Right now I'm asking for you to get some resolve on the inside of you that would say in your moment of doubt, in your moment of tribulation, when you're going through it, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in my past, than he that is in my situation. Come on. I'm appreciating anybody tonight. Really? Because I feel like I'm kind of up here by myself being like, what is going on? Is this helping anybody else out? I know it's a lot, but I don't want you to be defeated. Defeat isn't even our vocabulary. Taking a knee isn't even in our vocabulary. Throwing in the towel isn't even in our vocabulary. The Bible says that we are to be long-suffering and we should be good at it. What does that mean? It just means we get really good. At running the race. We get really good at taking shots. Because you're going to come out of some battles and you're going to be like, I feel absolutely defeated, but you're not. You're going to come out of some battles and you're going to feel like you are beat up and you are bruised up and you look like a plum right now. But guess what? You should be dead. If the devil really had his way with you, you would be pushing up daisies, but you're not. You're alive and you're alight and you're still able to move forward because what? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? You're stuck with me. Y'all ever seen that movie? It's called The Watchman. It's good. It's a good one. But in it, there's this guy, Rorschach, and he's a superhero, of course. And he gets thrown in jail with a bunch of the guys that he put there, and they get stoked. They're like, ha, 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 welcome to Cell Block B. And they're getting ready to tear him up, and they're like, this is initiation season, bro. You put us all in here. We're going to take you down. And they're gathering around him, and he just looks at him. He's an old dude, too, which is pretty cool. And he just looks at him, and he says this very simple phrase that I feel like as we as Christians, if we really got this on the inside of us, if we looked at the devil this way, if we looked at the demons this way, if we looked at the world and culture this way, if we looked at our spouses this way, if we looked at whatever our situation is this way, and he just says, I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck in here with me. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. What would it look like? What would Grand Rapids right now, Rockford, Walker, wherever you reside, wherever you live, playing well, what would it look like if you just decided to wake up every single day, rub some, some dirt in it, stand up, and march forward and say, I'm not stuck here with you. You're stuck here with me. What would it look like if we just decided to march down the gates of hell that cannot prevail against this church and we say, no, 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 you're not holding me in, I'm pushing you back. What would it look like if we decided in our marriage, here we go, you want something practical? What about marriage? What would it look like if you went to your spouse and in the middle of your fights, in the middle of your down moments, in the moment where your marriage is the absolute worst that it's been, we don't make no bones about it here at church, okay? We know that marriage is difficult. You're merging two into one, okay? It's hard, but it's not impossible. And you can honor God, and you can not only get through it, you can thrive in it, baby. Come on. You can do it. But what if 
You didn't look at your spouse as if you were locked in there with them or you were stuck with them, but you looked at your spouse and you said, I get to be in this with you. And you know what, moreover? You get to be in this with me. Because I get to love you, and I get to serve you, and I get to lift your head when it's weary, and I get to redirect this conversation, and I get to point it back to God, and I get to stop it in its tracks where it is, and you are in this with me. I'm not stuck with you. You're stuck with me. Amen? What would it look like? What would it look like, church, if you just got this resolve about you? You, you don't ever turn on a movie involving a prince or a princess. You don't ever read any history books involving a prince or a princess. You don't open up anything where you talk about a prince or a princess, and you don't see them walking in trepidation. Everywhere they go that their dad is king of, they walk with swagger and they walk with confidence. In the world, they're going to be like, yo, that person is mad conceited. You're going to be like, no, my father is just the king of kings and he's just the Lord of lords. And wherever I go, I have authority. Are you going into your marriage? Are you going into your workplace? Friends, we put so much confidence in those that we've elected into office. We have voted people into office. We have elected people into office to rule and to reign with law and authority. When God has sown you and I into a higher election, into a higher authority, in a place that exists beyond this world right now, and he says you exist to rule and to reign and wherever you go, all authority and power and grace is there with you abundance. Amen. Our Bible says where rule and law exists, grace abounds even more. Amen. And check this out. When he's sown us into a higher election, we don't rule and reign with laws and legislation. No, 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 no. We rule and reign with serving and with grace. Amen. Come on. Does anybody believe this tonight? So I love what John says later on. If we can get John back up there. Check this out. No, can we do the whole, yeah, my guy. There it is. Do not believe every spirit, but test it. Somebody say test it. But test it, the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. I love that. You can leave, nope, just leave that right up right there. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God or from many false prophets who have gone out into the world. Somebody say test it. I love this. Why I said subtitle this message, test it. Because if you're going to get some authority, you're going to have some dominion about you, you're going to look into a place and say, no, 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 no. Spirit in this room, you do what I allow. You do what I say because I am a Holy Spirit filled. I am empowered. I have the kingdom of God on the inside of me. And wherever I go, it gets built. It gets established. Everything else has to go. And he says, do not believe every spirit, but test it. Somebody say, test it. What if I told you tonight that dominion boils down to the simple fact of whether you're willing to test the metal of something? What if I told you complete authority depends and boils down to the simple truth of whether you're going to test it or not, whether you're going to measure it up to God or not? You're going to go on that date with that person? Does it measure up to what God says you should be doing? Does it measure up to who God says you should be with? Is that a Proverbs 31 woman? Or is she Delilah? We'll find out. See what the Word of God says. Test it. Somebody say, test it. 
What if I told you tonight that dominion comes down to whether you are willing to test the authority of something? What if you're going to test that spirit that's on the inside of you? You know what? I'm feeling depressed. Does depression have you or is depression in your possession? Oh, come on, church. Does anxiety have you or does the Holy Spirit have you and anxiety can be put down? What if I told you tonight, church, that God is calling you to test the relationships in your life? Test the voices that are in your life. Do they measure up with the God that you choose to believe in that you know can save your soul and give you heaven on earth now and heaven later? Or are they voices that's giving you hell now and hell later? Somebody say, test it. I feel a lot better about this message when I'm hearing you talk back to me. Somebody say, test it. You got to test it. We're out here, and we're just existing. But God is saying you don't have to just exist. You don't have to live from beat down to beat down. You can thrive, and you can march forward. It's in practical application tonight is test it. Your lack doesn't have to decide if you're in debt. You do. Whether you're single girls at church or not doesn't decide whether you're pure or not, gentlemen. You do. Porn being available on your phone doesn't decide whether you're pure and faithful in your marriage. You do. Your husband meeting all of your needs at home and doing all the chores and the things that fill your love tank doesn't decide whether you flirt at work or not. You do. At some point, we have to decide if we're going to be a slave or we're going to be a son. We're going to be a slave or we're going to be a daughter. And it starts when we begin to test it. Can I tell you what testing does? Testing allows for exposure. If you can test it, you can expose it. You can expose it for what it is, for the lie that's been built up in this generation. You can expose it for the lie that it is or the truth that has set you free. Test it and you can expose it. You know what happens when you expose it? You can see it for what it really is because when you test something, you can identify it. And how many of you know if you can identify it, you can treat it? If there's a sickness in your life but you don't know what it is, the second you identify it, the second you give it a name, you can begin to treat it. And when you can begin to treat it, you can toss it. Amen. Can we throw up that last verse in John there, Nikki? Give it up for Nikki in the booth one time. Come on. He says this, we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Somebody say that. We know the spirit of truth. Somebody say truth. And we know the spirit of error. Come on, some of us tonight. God wants you to walk in authority. He wants you to have authority over your health. He wants to have you. He wants you to have authority over your marriage. He wants to have you have authority over your workplace. There's people there who will only come to know God in relationship with Him when you begin to take ownership and dominion of where you work, of what you do, of the conversations you have and the conversations you don't have. And God is saying to some of us tonight, there is a spirit of truth and there is a spirit of error. And I love that John identifies it. Why? Because if you can identify it, you can test it. And if you can test it, you can treat it. And if you can treat it, you can toss it. Come on, somebody. There is something called the spirit of error in our lives. 
And I love that he just says it. It's not this lethargic feeling that we have. It's not this, it's not this, this thing that we can't shake. No, no, no. It's not just this broad idea and culture. It's not just this new feeling and truth that you get to live in. It's not just this new thing that's all the rage that's going on. No, no, no. John is saying there is a spirit of truth. And then there is a spirit of error. And that spirit of error can be identified. And if it can be identified, it can be put to rest. Man, if we're going to begin to take dominion and authority, we need to start testing some things in our lives. We need to test the voices that we're listening to. We need to see if they measure up to the word of God. We need to see if it's what God says is best for our lives. There are so many of us who are living in bondage to religion when Christ came to set you free from religion, why do you think he didn't go and rebuke Caesar, the ruler at the time? Instead, he went and rebuked the Pharisees that were telling you, it's all by works, you need to repent, you need to go and just kill all these animals, and without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And Jesus is like, I agree with you, but your message is wrong, your tactics are off, I'm the blood that's going to be shed, and when you repent, it's done. He came to shut religion down. Religion wants to tell you, you got to work up to God. When God is saying, I already worked down to you. You can't ever measure up because I measure down. Accept my love. Accept my grace. And when you do, walk in complete authority and dominion. Amen. Worship team, you can make your way back up here as we begin to close this thing. We're Pentecostal, so we got six closes. Close number one. I'm just kidding. You guys doing good tonight? It's important to know tonight that the believer still has authority. You still have authority. We're in a time and a place where the people who preach, the believer's authority and the dragon slayers, we moved on from that generation in the Jesus movement. We moved on to these things because there was a lot of hurt and there was a lot of judgment. They got a lot of things wrong. Yeah, they did. But one of the things they got absolutely right was letting you know that as a son and as a daughter, your God is the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. You have been adopted into royalty. And with that comes dominion and authority over the created world. I didn't plan that. That was way cooler. Way cooler than, than I thought. When you have dominion, nothing can have you. When you have authority, nothing can have you. There are spirits of error. It has to bow and it has to bend its knee. Sickness doesn't decide whether you bend your knee or not. You do. Just because you have it doesn't mean it has to have you. Would you guys stand up? Here's a, one last piece of scripture I want to read. It says this. Luke 10, 19 through 20. It's going to be up on the Sky Bible. 
it says, this is Jesus, okay? This is Jesus, and he's telling the Pharisees and the disciples and everyone who's listening around him. He is making this very clear. I don't care if you come from a church or a place or a, or a religious background that told you you don't have authority or told you that the gifts died with the last of the apostles or that tells you that you've got to work to have these things. I'm trying to tell you tonight that if the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you, this is for you. Here it is, verse 19. Here's Jesus again. If you don't believe Matt McClure, believe Jesus. Look. You know when somebody starts off a conversation with look, you know you're about to get owned. You know you're about to apologize. You know you're about to grovel. And you know you're about to realize, yep, I was wrong. That was my bad. Should have said that. Should have done that. Won't go there again. My bad, okay? He says this. Look. I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You can walk among the snakes and the scorpions, and you can crush them. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. I'm going to read that again one more time. I love this scripture. It says, look. I have given you complete authority over all the power of the enemy. You can walk among the snakes and the scorpions and crush them. Nothing, somebody say nothing. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Come on, somebody. And I love that because... Jesus knows how cool the authority and the dominion of a believer is. He knows how awesome it is that he can enter a room and things have to change. That he can enter a conversation and God gets to be involved. That he can enter a room and the spirit of the free living God can enter through you. And the whole mood has to change. The whole vibe has to change. Everything has to go that's not of God when the authority and the believer enter the room. He knows how cool that is. He's like, yeah, you got some superpowers. It's sweet, okay? He said, but don't rejoice. Don't rejoice because spirit of errors have to go when you tell them they do. Don't rejoice because you've got a lesser God called the devil to bow to you. Don't rejoice because sickness had to flee and snakes couldn't bite you and nothing could injure you and there is no poison in a snake or in a scorpion that could take you out of this race. Don't rejoice because of that. See, Jesus is always calling us higher. For our church, I wanted to always call us higher. That's why we're talking on dominion and authority because there is a higher level. And that higher level comes because our names are registered in heaven. Amen? That higher, that authority, that dominion, it comes because you don't belong to sickness. You don't even belong to yourself. You belong to the Son of God, and his name is Jesus. Amen. So would you guys just close your eyes right where you are? There's nobody looking around. There's nobody judging. In this moment, we're going to pray two prayers. One is this. One is the whole reason we rejoice. The whole reason we get excited. The whole reason we exist. The whole reason that we are here for heaven in Grand Rapids is this moment. Because maybe tonight there's somebody in this, in this room whose name isn't registered in heaven. But the good news of Jesus Christ 
is that he didn't come just to give you dominion and authority. He came to give you himself, and himself is what registers you in heaven. Himself is what gives you complete power over the enemy. Himself is what can rejuvenate you and can restore you and can sit you back up on that lamp for all to see. And when they look at you, they got something worth looking at because their whole life has changed when you enter their life. So if that's you tonight, would you just say, yeah, I don't think my, I don't think my name is registered in heaven. That's okay, because we can fix that right now. So no one's looking around and nobody's judging. This is your moment. On a count of three, would you just put your hand up as high enough and long enough just so that I can see and then you can put it right back down. You're not saying I want power. You're not saying I want rule. You're not even saying I want authority and dominion. You're saying I want Jesus. Give me Jesus. One, two, three. Is there anybody in here tonight that wants to come home? Awesome. Awesome. But what I want to do in this moment is this. I had somebody not too long ago tell me they come to church and they don't feel convicted. Two things. One, it is not the church's job. It is not the church's job to convict. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Our job is to love, to speak truth, to tell you what God says about you. And second of all, if you don't have conviction when you come to church, you may not have the Holy Spirit because it's his job to convict you. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit who raised Christ from the dead that lives inside of you, that means how that you don't have authority, you don't have dominion. So right now, no one's looking around, nobody's judging, but I want to take this moment to endow you with the Holy Spirit. To give you authority, to give you dominion, not because of what I've done, but it is possible, we see it, to actually be a follower of Jesus and not have the Holy Spirit, to be missing the complete picture. He is the mass amount of puzzle pieces that makes up the image of God. He is the way, the truth, and the life, the way that you're available and able to live out complete dominion and authority in this world, the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself said, it's better that I go. So that the Holy Spirit can come. So if you want to start walking in a greater authority, nobody's looking around, nobody's shaming you for not having him already, this is your moment. This is your moment to be armed for the race ahead of you, to be filled up in the days and weeks to come, to enter into every room that you go into and lift the heads of the weary. That is your assignment. So right now, one, two, three, if you want the Holy Spirit, put your hand up. Yeah, I see that hand. I see that hand, too. I see that hand, too. If you want a greater portion of the Holy Spirit, a greater awareness of the Holy Spirit, just put your hand up right now. 
Come on, Jesus. Father God, I just thank you so much for this room, this room of believers, God, this room of Jesus followers that are saying, here and now, God, there is no threshold I will walk through that you will come with me, God. So put me into those conversations and put me into those workplaces. And when you bring me promotion, I'm going to bring you promotion. I'm going to bring you into the conversation. I'm going to lift up a higher kingdom. God, from this moment forward, as you give us your Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we say, come and have your way right now. Come and have your way right now. Holy Spirit, give us faith to believe for greater things. Give us faith to believe for things that we have turned away from, God. If you don't believe in healing, we say, healing, come right now to that moment and to that hurt and to that doubt. We say, Holy Spirit, give us faith to believe in healing. Give us faith to believe in the works of God. Give us faith to believe in the authority and dominion of the Spirit of God. Give us faith for restoration and redemption and rejuvenation. And we say right now, Father God, if there is any place that we struggle in, any place that we have doubt, we wrestle with questions in, we acknowledge that you are close to our questions and you've been having the conversation with us longer than we've been having the conversation with you. And we thank you, God, right now that you are kind and that you are sensitive and that you are long-suffering and you have waited patiently for us. And right now, we lay those down. We pick up the truth of God and we ourselves, we become long-suffering and we become patient and we become endurance and we become stamina and we march forward. Father God, we just thank you that we exist in a time and a place right now But we don't cry out because we're stuck here. We lift praises up because it's stuck with us. But from this moment forward, Grand Rapids, we're stuck. You're stuck with us. The political climate in our country and in our city you're stuck with us. We make a declaration right now, Father God, to the marriages in this city and in this room. You're stuck with us. To the not yet married in this city, to the single people wrestling with identity, you're stuck with us. We're not running from you or your questions, so devil, come whatever may, because you're stuck with us. to the afflicted in our city. You're stuck with us. To those that would rather see the church shut its doors and shut its mouth, we will be a fearless church, not a speechless church, and you are stuck with us. And Father God, I just thank you right now for anybody under the authority and sound of my voice for a greater anointing and a greater portion of the Holy Spirit as we walk into our cities and we walk into our homes and we walk into our relationships and our workplaces and our strangers that we meet at the grocery stores, God, that there will be a light and there will be a presence, God, that would go before us, preparing a place for us before we even got there because there's a God who goes before us and prepares a way for us, God, so that we can be bold, 
truth, so that we can be the light, so that we can be the voice of reason and truth, so that we can be the light and the love. But I'm hurting a broke world need. I think it's every Christian in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, the faithful church said, Amen. If you believe in Jesus and you believe it tonight.